Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Ah! <laughs> it's David Cox. He backed up for that one. <laughs> and I'm Josh Matheson. Ah. Was that some kind of eagle cry? Peacock. Nice. Anyway, this week we are here to look at chapter eight of Treasure Island, which is at the sign of the spyglass. Last mm. week we got a very long letter from Trelawney basically saying that he'd done all the things the doctor told him not to. He's been walking around Bristol blabbing about the treasure, blabbing about the map. He's been uh, hiring crew, but not necessarily doing background checks or DBS checks on anybody. <laughs> and he's totally just taking Long John Silver, this cook he's found with one leg, at his word in terms of who he should hire, who he should fire, and how this whole trip should go. I'm still sad we didn't get like a montage style crew assembly. On <laughs> <laughs> I, Jack, you son of a... those of you who remember the one warning that the captain gave jim was beware the one-legged man or like keep an eye out for the one-legged man and long john silver has one leg so we're assuming that Mm -hmm. this is the uh the one-legged man who may be trouble in the future but the chapter ended with jim turning up in bristol where the boat is it's ready to go it's ready to set sail and Hopefully, we're going to hit the high seas now and actually go on an adventure. Actually do some adventuring. Yeah. That was my high seas. That was very good. Can we check that, please? <laughs> to get the little keyboard out. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Not far away. Sailing the high seas. Here we go. Right. So we jump in? Let's. Chuck. Oh, I forgot to do the thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good start. Chapter 8 At the Sign of the Spyglass. When I had done breakfasting, the squire gave me a note addressed to John Silver at the Sign of the Spyglass and told me I should easily find the place by following the line of the docks and keeping a bright lookout for a little tavern with a large brass telescope for sign. I set off, overjoyed at this opportunity, to see some more of the ships and seamen, and picked my way among a great crowd of people and carts and bales, for the dock was now at its busiest, until I found the tavern in question. It was a bright enough little place of entertainment. The sign was newly painted, the windows had neat red curtains, The floor was cleanly sanded. There was a street on each side and an open door on both, which made the large, low room pretty clear to see in, despite the clouds of tobacco smoke. The customers were mostly seafaring men, and they talked so loudly that I hung at the door, almost afraid to enter. As I was waiting, a man came out of a side room and at a glance I was sure he must be Long John. His left leg was cut off close by the hip, and under the left shoulder he carried a crutch, which he managed with wonderful dexterity, hopping about upon it like a bird. He was very tall and strong, 
with a face as big as a ham, plain and pale, <laughs> but intelligent and smiling. Uh, as a unit of measurement, ham. How how big is that? <laughs> yeah, no, I I do enjoy I'm that. A foot across. A foot. Um, That's a big ham. Oh yeah, hams. Yeah, are big and round. They're like big and round. But then we did say on the picture that we saw of him in the illustration, he looked quite jolly. He was this kind of quite jolly face with a little kind of moustache, and ah. he actually looked like quite a cheerful fellow, to be honest. So has Jim just completely forgotten what the captain said? Well, evidently. Or do you think he's like, no, I'm in Bristol now. I'm in a different town. I'm in a different city. He must be talking about a different one-legged man. Yeah, or, or his allegiances have sort of changed. In that Before he was all for the captain because that's all the information he had. Yeah. And now the captain's dead. He's like, oh, maybe he wasn't the best judge of character. And actually, right. you know, it could all be, could all be uh, nonsense. Maybe there's a lot of people with missing limbs in this time as well. I'm sure there's probably been a lot of horrible factory accidents and all sorts of stuff. Is it, is the idea of a, an inn or a tavern like the probably the only thing in whatever this 270 years that hasn't really changed that much? Like the idea of just walking it. I could like I could probably imagine the tavern on the mm. seafront of a place in Bristol more than yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. It's just like like on the corner, <laughs> two front doors. Yeah, I can totally see it. There are some like pub interiors that genuinely are like that sort of. Oh yeah. Oh, they've never been updated. It's like they're either protected or the owners are lazy. I don't know. It just made me think. I was very. Yeah. I was there more than I have been in a lot of other settings in the books. I don't know. I think this is a very British thing, though. Do you know what I mean? Like we've got these old, old pubs that have been around forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Whereas, like, most bars, like Hooters and other things like that, I don't think they've got the same culture or history about them as uh, well, the old inn or whatever in uh, Basingstoke or wherever it is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> except, except now we go in these old inns and they've still got the original beams and then this, that, and the other. And then you sit down and then there's a QR code on the table and it ruins. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, he seemed in the most cheerful spirits, whistling as he moved about among the tables with a merry word or a slap on the shoulder for the more favoured of his guests. Now, to tell you the truth, from the very first mention of Long John in Squire Trelawney's letter, I had taken a fear in my mind that he might prove to be the very one-legged sailor whom I had watched for so long. At the okay, so cool. He has put two and two together. Great. He has, he has. But one look at the man before me was enough. I had seen the captain, the black dog, and the blind man, Pew, and I thought I knew what a buccaneer was like. A very different creature, according to me, from this clean and pleasant-tempered landlord. Oh, so he's like undercover buccaneer. Uh, well, he, he guess he just looks like he's got it all together. Well, yeah, but they're obviously thinking he like owns the business and he's actually set up shop like on land. So then he's not going to be this like seafaring pirate because he has a building and he's like running an establishment. I plucked up courage at once, crossed the threshold and walked right up to the man where he stood, propped on his crutch, talking to a customer. Mr. Silver, sir, I asked, holding out the note. And then we get the voice of Long John oh. Silver. So last week, Ooh. I don't know if you remember, we talked about 
a certain Mr. Frankfurt, uh, Tim Curry oh, yeah. voice oh, for Long John Silver. I hope oh, you brushed up on... I haven't. Um... Do you know how Mr. Frankfurt sounds, Dr. Frankfurt? Uh... I watched it once a long time ago. Play a bit. Yeah, he's quite fruity. It's quite like how to do it. See you tomorrow. I must know from his voice from the song. I wouldn't remember him from the film. And you have to like every every single thing has to be nuanced with this. Um, all this could be (laughs) naughty. Do you know what I mean? Like Uh, this could be an innuendo. It has to. Everything has to have that kind of little. This is going to be so much fun when there's like (laughs) talking about holes. Or uh, semen. Sticking, <laughs> sticking, oh, oh it's sticking out a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. the flag is flying low. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of that. All of that, please. Okay. Oh. Yes, my lad, said he. Such is my name, to be sure. <laughs> and who may you be? and then as he saw the squire's letter he seemed to me to give something almost like a start oh said he quite loud and offering his hand i see you are our new cabin boy pleased i am to see you and he took my hand in his large firm grasp just then one of the customers at the far side rose suddenly and made for the door it was close by him and he was out in the street in a moment but his hurry had attracted my notice and i recognized him at glance it was the tallow-faced man wanting two fingers who had come first to the admiral benbow oh i cried stop him it's black dog I don't care two coppers who he is, cried Silver, but he hasn't paid his score. Harry, run and catch him. One of the others who was nearest the door leaped up and started in pursuit. If he were Admiral Hawke, he shall pay his score, cried Silver, and then relinquishing my hand. Who did you say he was? he asked. Black what? Dog, sir, said I. Has Mr. Trelawney not told you of the buccaneers? He was one of them. So, cried Silver, in my house. Ben, run and help Harry. One of those swabs, was he? Was that you drinking him, Morgan? Oh, sorry. Was that you drinking with him, Morgan? Step up here. The man whom he called Morgan an old grey-haired, mahogany-faced sailor, came forward pretty sheepishly, rolling his quid. Now, Morgan, said Long John very sternly, you never clapped your eyes on that black, black dog before, did you now? And then we get Morgan. It's got, it's got to, to be say. Morgan Freeman, hasn't I? <laughs> How do you want me to do My Morgan name Freeman? Is... And a new frame. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, like, no it's, one is as close as you can get it. Perfect, Josh. Like, no. we are all aware of the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we. I feel like if we throw enough muck, some of it will stick, you know? Yeah, sure. So... Also, it's like also <laughs> caveating the fact that you have never 
trained in or be, or being an impersonator. You're not an impersonator. Not You're a dialect close. coach. No, yeah. So. This this podcast Despite started. That. With, oh, Josh is a dialect coach. So he can do all the accents. And now it's like, do so and so from so and so. What? I'm just even doing it. Go. Nada, sir. Said Morgan with a salute. You didn't know his name, did you? No, sir. By the powers, Tom Morgan, it's as good for you, exclaimed the landlord. If you had been mixed up with the like of that, you would never have put another foot in my house. You may lay to that. And what was he saying to you? I don't rightly know, sir, answered Morgan. Do you call that a head on your shoulders or a blessed dead eye? cried Long John. Don't rightly know, do you? Perhaps you don't happen to rightly know who you were speaking to, perhaps. Come now, what was he enjoying? Voyages, captains, ships, pipe up, what was it? He was uh, talking of keel hauling, answered Morgan. Keel hauling, was you? And a mighty suitable thing, too, and you may lay to that. Get back to your place for a lubber, Tom. And then, as Morgan rolled back to his seat, Silver added to me in a confidential whisper that was very flattering, as I thought. He's quite an honest man, Tom Morgan. Only stupid. And now... He ran on again aloud. Let's see, Black Dog? No, I don't know the name, not I. Yet I kind of think I've... Yes, I've seen the swab. He used to come here with a blind beggar he used. That he did, you may be sure, I said. I knew that blind man too. His name was Pew. It was, cried Silver, now quite excited. Pew. <laughs> that were his name for certain. Ah, oh, he looked a shark, he did. If we run down this black dog now, there'll be news for Captain Trelawney. Ben's a good runner. Few seamen run better than Ben. He should run him down hand over hand by the powers. He talked uh, keel hauling, did he? I'll keel haul him. <laughs> Just looked up what keel hauling is because I don't probably know not as filthy as I made it sound. It's a uh, yeah, and punishment inflicted for various offences in the Dutch Navy. It's performed by plunging the delinquent repeatedly under the ship's bottom on one side and hoisting him, hoisting him up on the other, having passed under the keel. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that is horrific. Yeah, you could drown quite easily there. And get destroyed. Yeah. It does. It's like uh, one of the questions on Google is: Did sailors survive keel hauling? And they said the most vivid account of keel hauling was two particular people. It said they both survived but suffered terribly. Not <laughs> surprised. Yeah, it's not really a, a nice thing, is it? I'm pretty sure it probably leads to a... water on the lungs and all sorts. Well, I can see why they like. They just said they just sort of did walk the plank or like hung people. Like you have to set that up, don't you? Like that's it's going to spend like an hour putting together. Like so, oh yeah, we if you you could have to pull from there and you'll have to pull yeah. from there. It's like, like one like of those um, 
You know those washing lines they had over the um, over the alleys and the thing where you pull one side and it pushes the other yeah. one out? Yeah, I wonder yeah, if yeah. they have to set one of those up. Like <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> like it's either laundry day or one of us is getting dunked. I don't know which <laughs> one it is. <laughs> All the time he was jerking out these phrases. He was stumping up and down the tavern on his crutch slapping tables with his hand and giving such a show of excitement as would have convinced an old Bailey judge or a Bow Street runner. My suspicions had been thoroughly reawakened on finding Black Dog at the spyglass, and I watched the cook narrowly. But he was too deep and too ready and too clever for me, and by the time the two men had come back out of breath and confessed that they had lost the track in a crowd— and been scolded like thieves, I would have gone bail for the innocence of Long John Silver. I find it quite interesting that obviously because this account is from the past, yeah, he's now colouring the language with what he knows now. Sure, it's like so rather than he's a knowing with... narrator rather than an unknowing narrator. So you know you can see that he's like now he's reflecting on it from the future. It's like oh, actually, yeah, no. It was a bit much. It was the, the performance was too big. He was he was trying too hard to convince me and to play this role. And yeah. it's like only now I look back on it that I kind of see the acting for what it was rather than thing. And it's just quite interesting because it's like that kind of points out straight away to the reader quite early on in the book of what's kind of coming later. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's not this kind of thing of like, oh, there's going to be this double cross coming later that I just I'm not going to see. Whereas because no, he's yeah. already saying like, you know, I would have I would have said he was innocent. It's like, well, that means he he wasn't in the end. So inference. Yeah. Did they not know about the twist until much later? Was the twist invented later? Or, or just that it, you know maybe there's something thrilling about kind of reading something and knowing that your uh, you know your band of characters are trusting someone who's not trustworthy and you know right, that yeah. that dramatic irony is is another approach isn't it no that's true see here now hawkins said he here's a blessed hard thing on a man like me now ain't it there's captain trelawney what's he to think here I have this confounded son of a Dutchman sitting in my own house, drinking of my own rum. Here you comes and tells me of it plain, and here I let him give us all the slip before my blessed deadlines. Now, Hawkins, you do me justice with the captain. You're a lad, you are, but you're as smart as paint. <laughs> I see that when you first come in, and now here it is. What could I do but this old timber I hobble on? When I was an A.B. master mariner, I'd have come up alongside him, hand over hand, and broached him into a brace of old shakes, I would. But now... And then, all of a sudden, he stopped, and his jaw dropped as though he had remembered something. What I love about that is smart as paint nowadays sounds like a diss. An insult, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like, it, it, then it's, it actually is very genuine and sincere. It's like, it means very smart. <laughs> yeah. Smart. Yeah. Out, 
but like smart as paint. I just, I don't know. It's yeah. like so saying someone's as smart as yeah. Jello or as smart as custard. Or do you know what I mean? Like in my head, that's kind of where I was going. It's like this gloopy substance isn't really what you'd normally expect to be smart or uh, have good brain. I've always thought I've always thought that about the phrase bright as a button. I'm just like, yeah, is the button really all that bright. Is it? But, but in those days, it would have been if brass buttons would have been polished, they would have been really bright. So it's like, yeah, again, sure. it's this dated term that we still use now. And it's like, but it doesn't really seem to have its luster no. or the same effect as a compliment as it used to. Yeah. The score, he burst out. Three goes a rum. Why, shiver my timbers, if I hadn't forgotten my score. And falling on a bench, he laughed until the tears ran down his cheeks. I could not help joining, and we laughed together, peal after peal, until the tavern <laughs> rang again. I love that they're just laughing like, he robbed us, ha 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 ha, isn't that so funny, ha 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 ha, like... Yeah, I don't really understand why that's such a hilarious thing. It, it's probably all an act, do you know what I mean? It's just all an act to kind of make him seem like this very jovial, easygoing, well-mannered. A lot of evil people are charismatic, you know? And yeah. Because they know how to play a part. And play a room, um, yeah. It's better to be the most popular guy that it, it will allow you to get you more things to bend yeah. your will. You wouldn't be able to get to the position about with, with being captain without being some sort of personality. Well, no, he's not the captain, he's the cook. This is always what confused me with Treasure Island, because even though he's the cook, he was the one that the captain was saying like to beware of. It wasn't Pew. It wasn't, oh, beware the blind man, or beware the guy with who without two fingers. It was always beware the one-legged man. So it's almost like, even though he wasn't necessarily in the top position of power, he was in the position of power. Do you know what I mean? He was the one calling the shots. So, yeah, it is a bit weird. I don't know, maybe we'll find out later if it's actually the case that the sea cook is just the persona that he has taken on since leaving ship life because he's obviously got a tavern on land i mean maybe he was a captain is now a cook because he runs a tavern and then was pretending to stay as a cook because he knew that the ship already had a captain so he wouldn't get hired as a captain on the hispaniola hispaniola yeah, yeah. Because they already ha- <laughs> thank you, David. Because they already have they already have a captain on the Hispaniola, so they don't need one. So maybe he's just pretending to be a cook just to get himself on the ship. Maybe I don't know. Why? What a precious old sea calf I am! He said at last, wiping his cheeks. You and me should get on well, Hawkins. For I'll take my Davy. I should be rated ship's boy. But come now. Stand by and go about. This won't do. Duty is duty, messmates. I'll put on my old cockerel hat and step along of you to Captain Trelawney and report this here affair. For mind you, it's serious, young Hawkins, and neither you nor me's come out of it with what I should make so bold as to call credit. Nor you neither, says you, not smart. None of the pair of us smart. But dash my buttons, that was a good un about my score. And he began to laugh again, and that so heartily that, though I did not see the joke as he did, I was again obliged to join him in his mirth. On our little walk along the quays, he made himself the most interesting companion, telling me about the different ships that we passed by, their rig, 
tonnage and nationality, explaining the work that was going forward, how one was discharging, another taking in cargo, and a third making ready for sea, and every now and then telling me some little anecdote of ships or seamen or repeating a nautical phrase till I had learned it perfectly, I began to see that here was one of the best possible shipmates. When we got to the inn, the squire and Dr. Livesey were seated together, finishing a quart of ale with a toast in it before they should go aboard the schooner on a visit of inspection. Long John told the story from first to last, with a great deal of spirit and the most perfect truth. That was how it were now, weren't it, Hawkins? he would say, now and again, and I could always bear him entirely out. The two gentlemen regretted that Black Dog had got away, but we all agreed there was nothing to be done, and after he had been complimented, Long John took up his crutch and departed. All hands aboard by four this afternoon, shouted the squire after him. Aye, aye, sir, cried the cook in the passage. Well, squire, said Dr. Livesey, I don't put much faith in your discoveries as a general thing, but I will say this. John Silver suits me. The man's a perfect trump, declared the squire. And now, added the doctor, Jim may come on board with us, may he not? To be sure he may, says squire. Take your hat, Hawkins, and we'll see the ship. End of chapter. Oh, so we didn't quite make it to the ship last, th- that chapter. Not quite. No, but it's a very good introduction to Long John, though, and kind of the yeah. game he's playing as well, yeah. in terms of like getting all of his buccaneers into town and obviously trying to get them positions aboard the ship. It'd be interesting to find out if... Because obviously they said, oh, we know we need to report Black Dog to Trelawney. But just that he was in the area, I don't know if they had actually like offered him a position on board. Black they didn't kind of mention that. Yeah. I don't think so. It didn't say that he'd been offered a position on board the ship. But maybe he was in Bristol because they were going to take him with him. Did they not list who the crewmates were going to be in a couple of chapters ago? They did in terms of like the notable positions, but not the like the names. Are. Yeah, because there have been too many people just in the crew generally. It it just said that like um, Long John Silver had helped him find a load of men, and he had also like helped me realize that two of the men I'd already hired weren't the kinds of people that we were oh, wanting, yeah. and so it was all kind of in vague terms rather than individual names. Mm. Um, as I say none of these names probably would have been used anyway because Black Dog's only been outed because Hawkins had seen him before. If Hawkins hadn't been there, Trelawney and Dr. Livesey would have taken him because they'd never met him. So they they would have had no idea that he was part of this whole buccaneer. Maybe he will rock up on the ship then. Well, I don't think he will now. I think that's probably... The thing of like, you know, he's seen Jim and gone, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I've been made. I've been made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me sneak out. Um, and so, yeah, I'm pretty sure Long John's going to be like, yeah, sorry, dude, you can't. Like, you ain't coming with us anymore. That's your share gone. 
because better obviously to throw one person under the bus and lose them than then the whole crew get made. True. So so hence Long John's big drama of trying to convince everybody that like he's not associated with Black Dog and even the guy that was talking to him like, you know, doesn't know what he's up to or why he's there. Trying to create some distance between them. Mm-hmm. So, do you reckon Doctor Livesey's been like laying into Trelawney about the whole blabbing to everybody, or do you reckon he's just like, do you know what, it's done now? Well, what can he do? And it's they've true. got the crew they need. So, mm. what um, what's the worst that could happen is mm. what you say at this point in the book, Doctor Pepper. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably what they're <laughs> hoping for you to say. But Dr. Livesey signed off on Long John as well. So he's obviously very good at playing this honest kind of... Standing gent. Yeah, earnest kind of thing. He's obviously like very likeable in terms of his demeanour. I wonder if there's some kind of sympathy as well that he plays on regarding him only having one leg. Because obviously Trelawney mentioned that going like, you know, he doesn't have a pension and blah, blah, blah. Like that's not something that normally comes up in regular conversation. So it's almost like trying to it's sow seeds of pathos. Yes, I think there is. Yeah. I think that's how. And, it's and also, you you want to you want to have a cook who seems likable. Otherwise, they'll you know spit in your grog or whatever. Mm. I wonder what's on the menu. Ooh, <laughs> you're gonna do. Ooh. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> it doesn't bode well when they're called a cook and not a chef, though. Yeah, I just envisage massive big saucepans full of slop mm, although my my hope is that because he's married to a woman woman of color that he knows about seasoning at least yeah so even if he's like it's gonna be jerk every yeah day. yes yeah. I, want, I want i want jerk i want curry i want roti Coconut. i want yeah, pepper but... pot i want like that's that's what i want Taco Tuesday on the Hispaniola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had saltfish tacos and yeah, yeah, plantain and all sorts. Like, <laughs> although they're stocking up in England, so it probably won't be. It's just going to be like sausage and jelly or something, isn't it? And potatoes. That's all the problem. Mm, salted, salted pork and herring. Yeah. Well, we should probably guess what the next. Yeah, I mean, are you saying that we should? Uh, yeah, yeah, but next yeah. what do you like to say? I was, I, was, I was about to say, so I suppose we should guess what the next chapter's called. But I was like, wait, that is the whole thing, tune. <laughs> 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 I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah, it. stealing, stealing <laughs> I got no less joy out of singing it. Than <laughs> that, so. That's fine. That's all that matters. Who's yeah. even to get? This is odd. It's so an odd it's chapter. Me. So David goes first. Oh, David's okay. odd. I'm an odd. I, it, so the way to remember it is, I'm odd. <laughs> it's odd. Yeah. Uh okay. So they just said uh take your hat and we'll see the ship. Okay, therefore it has to be surely the Hispaniola. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna go with something like that. Over that or like a finding Nemo reference and just be like, whoa, that's a big butt. It's pretty big, but <laughs> <laughs> um, the gang, the gangway. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What would you? Is that that's what they call it, isn't it? The the thing gang you plank. walk across. Gangplank. Walk the plank. Yeah. 
A bit of ga- called, yeah, the gangplank is what it's called. The one that you'd walk across to get on board. Oh, okay. I think on the cruise ships you call it gangway. <laughs> yeah, I think you could call it that too. Because it's not a plank anymore, yeah. is it? Yeah, no, it's true. I don't think health and safety would let you just have a plank with like plank. yeah, eighty-year-old Betty trying to get across with her zipper <laughs> frame. <laughs> I just want to buy a fridge magnet. <laughs> I think I think Hispaniola has got to be in there somewhere, surely. No, 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 no. <laughs> Look, rules are rules, man. Go on, put it up. Uh, no, you're both wrong uh, because chapter oh, nine as is ever. entitled Powder. And arms. What? Ah, I can't believe you didn't guess that. Can't believe you didn't guess that. Powder and arms. I mean, that automatically sounds more exciting than it does. The gang I'm guessing that means gunpowder and arms, as in guns, not makeup powder and talcum powder. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they're arming up. Well, yeah, I expect they didn't get shown the the weapons room. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they would have. Oh, it's one. gonna be like. Oh, we're gonna meet like their version of Q. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh, but they're less good at like just um you know secreting things in these days. So it's a cabinet yeah, hidden in the like box. <laughs> what would an 18th century gadget be like? Uh, a cannonball that turns into a chicken. I don't know. A but... cannon. A cannon in a top hat. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and gun, in a, <laughs> gun in a top hat, like you lean forward and shoot someone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like like. like your little button. Yeah, this special quill, if you if you poke it in the right direction, will poison someone. Yes, that's a good but one. The, yeah, but the whole thing quill. The whole thing's dipped in poison, and you just end up killing yourself by using it or something. Some kind of like telescope wooden leg. Oh yeah, for spying. I, w- yeah. I would have like let... showed your leg, like yeah. <laughs> oh, I see land high. <laughs> like, Why don't you just use the telescope there? Oh yeah, <laughs> you have to be sly about it. Maybe some kind of listening device, like a big, you know, those horn things that they use for harder. Oh, hearing. it's very steampunk. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think what you could disguise it as, though. Like yeah, or the tricorn hat, and when you like press it down swords come out of it and then you can spin around like <laughs> oh i know well like odd I job know. if it goes like some kind of weapon <laughs> you just throw the hat <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be good um how about a edible treasure map <laughs> i don't know how useful that would be uh, like, remember where sure. we buried it guys i'm a good cartographer as we know uh <laughs> 10 years later well, if you've got any thoughts or opinions on Long John Silver's acting skills in the pub, then you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Uh, or if you've got any ideas for gadgets that could be used in an 18th century treasure mission, tell us on Twitter. And as usual, the handle is at lazybookclubpod. Yeah, and send us a photo of what you would hang on the walls of the spyglass on Instagram <laughs> at lazybookclubpod. Some shabby chic. Yep. We're also on Patreon, where for the very low fee of $3 a month, you get an extra episode a month, as well as access to all the videos. Otherwise, we will see you next week for Chapter 9, Powder and Arms. Mm. Could get some firepower. See you later. Bye.